and the good men of Shropshire were committed with their lord. So was Cadfael's close friend Hugh Berengar of Maysbury, deputy sheriff of the shire, and his wife must be anxiously waiting there in the town for news. Hugh's son, a year old now, was Cadfael's godson, and he had leave to visit him whenever he wished, a godfather's duties being important and sacred. Cadvale turned his back on supper and the refectory, and made his way out of the abbey gates, along the highway between the abbey mill and the mill pond on his left, and the belt of woodland sheltering the main abbey gardens of the gay on his right, over the bridge that spanned the Severn, glimmering in the wintry starlit frost, and in through the great town gate. There were torches burning at the door of Hugh's house by St Mary's Church, and beyond, at the High Cross, it seemed to Cadfail that there were more folk abroad and stirring than was usual at this hour of a winter evening. The faintest shiver of excitement hung in the air, and as soon as his foot touched the doorstone, Aileen came flying to the doorway with open arms. When she knew him, her face remained pleased and welcoming, but nonetheless lost in an instant its special burning brightness. Not Hugh, said Cadfail ruefully, knowing for whom the door had been thus thrown wide. Not yet. Is there news, then? Are they homing? Will Warden sent word an hour ago before the light was quite gone. They sighted steel from the towers, a good way off then, but by now they must be in the castle foregate. The gate's open for them. Come into the fire, Cadfail, and stay for him. She drew him in by the hands and closed the door resolutely on the night and her own aching impatience. He's there, she said, catching in Cadfail's face the reflection of her own partisan love and anxiety. They caught his colours. And the array in good order. Yet it can't be quite as it went forth, that I know. No, never that. Those who go forth to the battle never return without holes in their ranks, like gaping wounds. Pity of all pities that those who lead never learn, and the few wise men among those who follow never quite avail to teach. But faith given and allegiance pledged are stronger than fear, thought Cadfail, and that perhaps is virtue, even in the teeth of death. Death, after all, is the common expectation from birth. Neither heroes nor cowards can escape it. He sent no word ahead, he asked, of how the day went. None. But the rumour is it didn't go well. She said it firmly and freely, putting back with a small hand the pale gold hair from her forehead. A slender girl. Still only twenty-one years old, and mother of a year-old son, and as fair as a husband was black-avised. The shy manner of her girlhood years had matured into a gentle dignity. This is a very wanton idea that flows and carries us all here in England, she said. It can't always run one way, there must be an ebb. She was brisk and practical about it, whatever that firm face cost her. You haven't eaten, you can't have stayed for supper, she said, the housewife complete. Sit there and nurse your godson a little while and I'll bring you meat and ale.
The infant Giles, formidably tall for a year old, when he was reared erect by holding to benches and trestles and chests to keep his balance, made his way carefully but with astonishing rapidity round the room to the stool by the fireside and clambered unaided into Cadfael's rusty black lap. He had a flow of words, mostly of his own invention, though now and then a sound made sudden adult sense. His mother talked to him much, so did her woman Constance, his devoted slave, and this egg of the nobility listened and made voluble response. Of lordly scholars, thought Cadfael, rounding his arms to cradle the solid weight comfortably, we can never have too many. Whether he takes to the church or the sword, he'll never be the worse for a quick and ready mind. Like a pair of hound puppies nursed in the lap, Hugh's air gave off glowing warmth.